Peter. Zurich. Blessed be the rock, and may the God of our salvation be exalted. He is risen. He is not here. Today is Resurrection Sunday. It is a day to celebrate. It is a day to rejoice because Jesus Christ is alive. We want to welcome you uh, to Northside Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Look, we know that though this is Resurrection Sunday and we have many reasons to celebrate. This is a unique day. For some of you, this is the first time in your life that you are not able to gather with your church family in, in the presence of God in a sanctuary together. And we understand that. Uh, but nevertheless, this is where we are, and the tomb is still empty, and so we're going to rejoice. We want to welcome our Northside family. We want you to know that we love you, we miss you, and we pray that when it is safe, that we'll be together again. We know some of you are watching this morning, and you have friends and family that attend Northside. We're thankful that you have joined us as well. We pray that this morning will be a blessing to you. We also understand that some of you maybe are watching for the first time. Maybe this is the first time you've been a part of a worship service, maybe since last Easter, or maybe it's been longer than that. Our prayer this morning is that you will be blessed, that you will see a risen Savior who changes everything, and that if you don't know Jesus Christ, you'll come to know Him as Lord and Savior this morning. Now, we're going to do things just a little bit different today than we had the last couple weeks. The last three weeks after I preach, Pastor BJ and I uh, do a Q&A, and that's been going really well, and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on that. Uh, but this morning, we want to do a little bit more singing we also have some other special elements uh, that we're going to add to the worship service that we think will be a blessing to you. You already heard one of those. Uh, Crown Him with Many Crowns was played by the Johnson uh, boys, and so we appreciate that and hope that was a blessing to you. We're also going to begin our worship service uh, this morning with a special blessing. I believe as soon as we play this video, our Northside family, you'll recognize these faces. Uh, they have been home. They are safe. They're staying healthy. We're thankful for that. Uh, but we wanted them to be part of the worship service this morning. So I pray that you will worship alongside of our worship pastor, Curtis, and his lovely wife, Ann, and sing these words with us. Up from the grave, he arose.
God, we stand here this morning excited, dear God. Death is defeated, and you, Jesus, our King, is alive. God, no matter what momentary afflictions we see around us, we know that we will face you, see you face to face in glory soon. We thank you and praise you for conquering the grave and for the ultimate sacrifice that you made for us. If there are any children at home, I want to ask them to gather around the TV screen and join me. I'll dr- gather around and, and listen in. We've got a, a special children's sermon for you this morning. Uh, today is Easter. Today is Easter, and we celebrate an empty tomb, a risen Savior. And so I was trying to think, what can I talk about today? What can I talk about today to, to help us as, as, as children really understand that? And I include me in that because... You can, ask, you can ask anybody that knows me, well, my brain oftentimes functions like a child. And so I, I've, I've heard that, you know, by a lot, a lot of people said that. Let me show you something that I got as a young child. Um, this, is, this is a quilt that was, was handmade by my granny. And she passed this on to me when, when I was in high school and it's, it's well used. I used to sleep with this, blank, this, this quilt. This was my quilt um, all through high school. And then, and then I even took it to college. And there's little pieces here that have torn away and that kind of thing. But took it to college and, and I used it. I used it even, even after I got out of college. And um, that, that was just something that my granny passed on to me. And I realized that it's something I wanted to keep, so at some point, at some point, I got some other type of blanket to go on my bed. Uh, but, but, I, but I keep this, and I, I keep it in a closet. It means a lot to me, but it's something that's passed down from her to me. And she, she, she used to quilt, and she made quilts for all her grandchildren. So just wanted to share that with you. And then I've got something else, something else here. Uh, you guys have heard me uh, talk about a mission trip that I took to Mexico. And I know that Ethan hears about it a lot. He, he reminds me how often I talk about Mexico. But, uh, but that's, that's all right. It, it meant a lot in my life. But before I went, just, just a few weeks before I left to go on this uh, long mission trip there, my mother gave me something as well. Uh, it's, it's, a little, it's a little placard here, a, a little acrylic. Uh, it's got a, a picture of a uh, lighthouse here. And it's got a verse of scripture. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, Matthew 5, 16. And I've, I've kept that. First of all, it has a scripture on it. And that's, that's a good thing. We should keep scripture around. But it's more significant for me because it came from my mom just before I was leaving to go on a mission trip. And it got me thinking. Of all the things that have been passed down from my parents or my grandparents, and, and I could sit for a long time and talk, tell all kinds of stories and talk about things that have been passed down. Uh, I also have a Bible that was my grandmother's, and it's got some of her handwritten notes. We have a, we have a cookbook from my grandmother. It's got some of her special recipes in it. Uh, and so of all those things that have been passed down to me, here's the thing that is most important in my life. It's the fact that my parents and my grandparents have believed in an empty tomb. 
They believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that he came to give his life as a ransom for many, that he came to save us from our sins, and that he lives today. He lives today. In fact, one of my grandmother's favorite songs was The King is Coming. As, as she got older, she would sing that, and, and she would just sit in her living room and just sing that uh, with, with, with me and some of the other grandchildren that were gathered around. And that's my prayer for you today as well. I pray that you take today, you spend some time with your parents, you spend some, maybe you can call your grandparents, that you spend time with somebody, and you just say, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. I pray that you've been able to spend time doing all kinds of things during spring break or while you're not in school, but I pray that you're hearing about Jesus. There's a great hymn that, that we sing sometimes that says, tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. And that's my prayer, that you know Jesus, that you know he rose from the dead, he loves you, and he gave his life for you. And we celebrate that today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all the things that our parents do for us and the things that they give us and they pass down to us. Father, my prayer is that we, that we pass down the story of Jesus. It makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in eternity. Thank you for sending Jesus, and thank you that the tomb is empty. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
because he lives. Special thank you to Curtis and Ann for doing that. Uh, hopefully that was a blessing to you. Uh, I know it was for us who were here uh, worshiping together. If you have your Bibles, will you turn to Mark 16? Mark 16, as we think about Resurrection Sunday. Empty from death to life. Empty, containing nothing, vacant. You saw the video at the beginning of our service, an empty tank, an empty nest. It's interesting that we can add a lot to that uh, here in April of 2020. Empty restaurants, empty theme parks, empty stadiums, empty shelves at Kroger, and unfortunately, empty sanctuaries. Empty. Disappointment, heartbreak, heartache, misery, shame, guilt, anxiety, death. Empty. Some of you, if you're honest with yourselves this morning, you feel empty. Maybe your hopes have been shattered, your dreams broken, some of your hearts have been wounded and you are frightened. You look around at the world in April of 2020 and you are scared, you are anxious. This morning maybe you are longing for life, joy, hope, peace, to be filled, to be full, empty. But as the video at the beginning of the service showed us, empty isn't all bad. For in Mark 16, verse 6, we read, And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. The tomb was empty. Why was the tomb empty? Well, there have been all sorts of theories and arguments that have been given over the years the tomb was empty because Joseph of Arimathea stole the body. The tomb was empty because the disciples stole the body. The tomb was empty because the women went to the wrong tomb. There's a theory called the swoon theory, which states that Jesus wasn't really dead. They thought he was dead, but in the damp, cold tomb, he, he kind of was rejuvenated, and, and then he walks out of the tomb. There's all sorts of theories. There is a reason why the tomb of Jesus Christ is empty. Something caused or led to an empty tomb. Why was and is the tomb empty? Well, the Bible declares Friday dead, Sunday risen. The tomb is empty because Jesus Christ is alive. He was resurrected from the dead. I want you to notice a couple things from our text here in Mark 16. Notice, number one, that Jesus Christ is alive. He is alive. In church, this changes everything. Let's begin there in verse 1. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. It says the Sabbath was passed. Jesus Christ died on Friday. We know he was raised on the first day of the week, Sunday. Saturday was the Sabbath. Jesus Christ lays in the tomb on the Sabbath. Oh, how helpless they must have felt. Sabbath was a day of rest. I wonder if this was not the most restless day ever as Jesus lay in the tomb. They must have felt empty, confused, discouraged, 
disappointed, maybe even deceived. It says that they bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. They go to simply finish the embalming process. They go to the tomb early on this morning to finish embalming Jesus. Notice there in verse 1 that Mark records any of the disciples, does not record any of the disciples being there. The disciples are absent. You'll notice it's all women. This This in and of itself is shocking. In first and second century, Uh, women were not regarded as reliable eyewitnesses. In the second century, there was a Greek philosopher named Celsus. He was highly antagonistic to Christianity, and he believed one of the reasons that Christianity can't be true is because the written accounts of the resurrection are first based on the testimony of women. In ancient societies, women were marginalized. Their testimony was never given much credence. Have you ever thought about that? Why is that significant? That the first eyewitnesses to the empty tomb were women. Here's why I believe that's significant. Because if Mark and the other gospel writers were going to make up a story, if they were going to create this story of Jesus being raised from the dead and, and it be fiction that he wasn't really raised from the dead, they never would have put women at the tomb first. They never would have done that. So why then do we read of women being at the tomb? Because Jesus is alive and this is how the events unfolded. Look what happens. Verse 2. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. Some argue that the women went to the wrong tomb. In their mourning and in their grieving, they forgot where they went. Don't buy that. Scripture refutes that if you go back to verse 47 of chapter 15. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. They knew where Jesus was buried. They had been there. And now they come back. We continue verse 3. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb. Here are these women going to the tomb. If you go back in the Gospel of Mark, here's what you'll find. In Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 9, and in Mark chapter 10, on three occasions, Jesus predicts to the disciples and his followers that he will rise from the dead. It's the first day of the week. Early in the morning, these women go to the tomb and notice where their focus is. It's focused on the stone. The heavy stone that's going to have to be rolled back. They are focused on the difficulty of moving the rock. They were not focused on the hope of the resurrection. We continue, verse 4, And looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled back. I guess what they were focused on wasn't a problem after all. The stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. From the other gospel accounts, we know that this young man was an angel. In fact, we know there were two angels there. And and, and he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. The angel says to them, listen, I know whom you seek, and I know what happened to him. 
And then he says these life-changing words. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Jesus Christ in this moment overcomes. He overcomes the grave. He overcomes death. He overcomes sin. He overcomes Satan. What we see here is victory. My youngest son, Malachi, has been walking around the house these last couple weeks singing uh, some words to a a well-known praise song right now. And the words are simply this, I'm going to see a victory. He just keeps repeating those words, I'm going to see a victory. This morning, if in your life you want to see a victory, here it is. There is no greater victory than Jesus being raised from the dead. This is your victory. Jesus is alive. And this changes everything. Notice what it changes. We could say so much here, but notice just three things. Notice, first of all, Jesus is alive, and because of that, we live. Jesus Christ is alive, and because of that, we live. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. Look at these words. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we, his people, are born again. We have life. We read in John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Hear me. You've heard this said many times, I'm sure. Jesus did not come into the world to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people live. Jesus Christ this morning can make you live. He can take the most wretched, rebellious, ungodly, wicked man or woman on the face of the earth who is dead in your sins and trespasses. And right there in your living room, at your dining room table, wherever you may be, Jesus Christ can cause you to live for the first time if you just take hold of Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Because Jesus is alive, we live Church, in the midst of these days of uncertainty, in the midst of when we're reminded so much more of death and how how fragile we are, we've seen musicians and, and athletes and artists dying over these last several months, even these last several weeks. What is the worst that could possibly happen to me? The worst that could possibly happen to me in this is that I die. And yet in that I gain Because Jesus Christ is alive. Don't fear, brothers and sisters. We live because Jesus lives. Notice, secondly, that Jesus is alive, and because of that, we are changed. The resurrection of Jesus Christ means we can be new again. We can be new again. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You're familiar with this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In Mark's account, we only read of the women going to the tomb. But we also have Matthew, Luke, and John's account. 
And we know from the Gospel of John that at least two disciples also show up to the empty tomb. We read of this in John chapter 20. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, let me read several verses for us. John chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. That would have been John, the author of this gospel. The one whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple, I guess the faster one, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there. Notice this, verse 7. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Now, I don't know about you, but if you were going to steal the body of Jesus, I think you probably take his body and you run. I don't think you separate the head cloth from the other cloths and fold them nice and neat. No, but that's what the disciples find. Why? Because the body wasn't stolen. Jesus Christ is alive. Now look at verse 8. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw, and he believed. He believed. Listen to me, church. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changed these men and women forever. He changed them forever. I was just introduced this last week to a new uh, TV series called The Chosen. Uh, It's phenomenally uh, done. I've been so impressed with it. It's about the story of Jesus Christ. You can Google it online and find out how you can watch it. The very first episode focuses upon Mary Magdalene, this woman who is at the tomb, the woman who was possessed by seven demons. And obviously when you're telling a story such as this in movie form, you have to take some liberties to kind of fill in the gaps. And we don't know how Mary Magdalene uh, came to know Jesus. We just know that she was delivered from these seven demons. But in this first episode of The Chosen, the way that they play it out is that Jesus Christ walks up to Mary Magdalene, who had, been, who had tried to be exercised by the high priest but was unable to be. But Jesus walks up to Mary Magdalene, calls her by her name, walks up, puts his hands on her face. And again, they're taking some liberties here, but he says to her, Mary, I have chosen you. Mary Magdalene goes from being a woman uh, filled with seven demons, to being a woman set free, to being a woman who sees the resurrected Savior. She is changed. My life has been changed through the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. Pastor BJ's life has been changed through the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, you can be part of this historical story of Jesus' resurrection. Jesus can fill your emptiness. He was abandoned. Now you don't have to be abandoned. The tomb is empty. Now you don't have to be empty. This is a story of resurrection, of life, of forgiveness, of transformation, of change, of hope, of joy. Jesus is alive. And I am a life that has been changed through his resurrection. Notice, Jesus is alive. And because of that, we have a purpose and a mission. Jesus Christ is alive. And you and I, brothers and sisters, now have a purpose and a mission.
2 Corinthians 5.15 And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Peter, oh Peter, went from denying Jesus three times to preaching a sermon at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 where he declares this Jesus God raised up and of all that we all are witnesses. Jesus Christ transformed these disciples' lives. And he gave them a mission. He gave them a purpose. Right? He said, go and make disciples. Maybe for the first time the light came on. That when Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, they now understood what that would mean. They would go to the ends of the earth. They would lay down their lives for one mission, for one purpose, to declare the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but living for self is exhausting. It will exhaust you, drain you, leave you empty. And when you live for yourself, it will drain those around you. But living for Jesus, living for His mission and the glory of His name, that will strengthen you. That will fill you. That will empower you. Church, Jesus is alive. And because of that, we are alive. Because of that, we have been changed. And because of that, we have a purpose and a mission. But I want you to notice something else. Notice Jesus Christ is available. Oh man, I love this verse, verse 7. But go... Tell his disciples, Peter, that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Did you catch anything there? The angel says, go tell his disciples. And who? The angel singles out Peter. It's as if the angel is specifically saying, look, you go tell the disciples, but you make sure Peter understands. You make sure Peter hears these words. Why Peter? Because Peter had blown it. Peter was told, you'll deny me three times. No, Jesus, never. Peter was told, I'm going to wash your feet, and Peter resisted. He rebuked Jesus on many occasions. Peter was the one that constantly stuck his foot in his mouth. And yet here, we read the words, and Peter. Peter was in need of forgiveness. Peter was in need of restoration. And Jesus Christ is about to offer Peter forgiveness and restoration. Because Jesus is alive, and he is making himself available again. Listen to me. This morning, Jesus Christ is available to you. Right there where you are. On your couch, in that chair, he's available to you. You say, but, but Pastor Aaron, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the people I've hurt, the laws I've broken, the sins I've committed, the shame that covers me. Hear me. No, I don't. But my Jesus does. Hear mercy. Call your name and watch Jesus roll the stone away in your life. Come to life. Believe in the name of Jesus. Right now, he waits. He is ready to give you forgiveness. But you must call upon his name. He is alive and he is available. But I want to ask you a question. The question is simply this. Do you believe that Jesus will do 
what he says. Do you believe that Jesus will do what he says? Look, go back to verse 7 with me. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. That he's going before you to Galilee. In Matthew chapter 26, we hear these words of Jesus beginning in verse 30. It says, this is prior to his being arrested. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And here the angel declares, he is going before you to Galilee. Oh church, I've got good news for you. Not only is Jesus alive, not only is he available, but Jesus is trustworthy. And when Jesus says he's going to do something, he will absolutely do it. He does what he says he will do. He will fulfill his promises. You can trust him. And in his word, there are many promises. But let me focus on just one. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. See, Jesus is alive and he is available and he will do what he said he will do. And what he has promised here is that if you will open up your heart, if you will invite the risen Lord into your life, he will come in and he will eat with you. We often talk about knowing of people versus actually knowing people. I know of the late Billy Graham. I know of Michael Jordan. I know of the president, but I don't know any of them. This morning, hear me. I am not inviting you to know more of Jesus. I am calling you to know him. I am calling you right where you are to give your life, your heart, your mind, all that you are to the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, this very moment, you can have an intimate, personal, real communion with the crucified, risen, reigning, and returning King Jesus. You're not watching by accident. You didn't click on that link by accident. You're here for a divine appointment for this moment. This moment where some of you have been re resisting Jesus for years, denying Jesus, coming up with every excuse as to why to follow him. And now everything that you've been holding to that was precious in your life has been stripped away from you. And yet here is Jesus where he's always been. The risen Savior inviting you to come, inviting you to give your heart and your life to him. Will you trust in Jesus this morning? Because he lives. Written by Gloria and Bill Gaither. I don't know about you, but, but I love that hymn. Bill Gaither recalls the circumstances that prompted the writing of this song. And this background helps us better understand the second verse and why they wrote it. Bill wrote, Because He Lives uh, was written after a period of time when we had a dry spell and hadn't written any songs for a while. He said it was also at the end of the 1960s. Our country was going through some great turmoil with the height of the drug culture. The whole God is dead theory was running wild in our country. And he said it was also the peak of the Vietnam War. 
During that time, he said, our little son was born. At least Gloria was expecting him. He said, I can remember at the time we thought, brother, this is a really poor time to bring a child into the world. He said, at times we were even quite discouraged by the whole thing. And then Benji did come. He said, we had two little girls whom we loved very much, but this was our first son. And so that lyric came to us, the second verse. How sweet to hold our newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives. But greater still, the calm assurance, this child can face uncertain days because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Oh, church, hear me. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, hope swallowed up their despair. And this morning, it can swallow up our despair too. Shattered hopes can become exploding hope. Broken dreams can become an overwhelming joy. Wounded and frightened hearts can turn into awe and love for Jesus Christ. Guilt and shame can be removed and replaced with grace, forgiveness, mercy, and a new name. Death and hell gives way to life and eternity with the God who saves us and loves us. And it is all because He lives. Church, He's alive. And that changes everything. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? In just a moment, our praise team is going to lead us in a song, How Great Is Our God. But before we sing, I want to give you a moment right there where you are just to pour out your heart to God. Maybe you're empty. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're scared. You recognize we are facing uncertain days. Will the world ever be back to the way it was? I don't have the answers to those questions. But what I do know is that because he lives, you and I can face tomorrow. Maybe you have turned to everything up until this moment to try to fill you. Everything but Jesus. Hear me. Stop looking. Stop looking and just rest in Jesus. Right now, would you just cry out, God, I come to you. I'm a sinner. I confess it. I turn from my wicked ways. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to, to cleanse me. Lord Jesus, save me from my sin. I believe that you are the resurrected Lord and Savior. Lord, Savior of my life. I'm crying out to you right now. Save me. Will you believe? Will you trust? Church, I know this isn't the way we wanted to celebrate Easter. It's not the way I wanted to spend it, but nevertheless, here we are, and here's what I know. Our God is still great and still worthy of praise. So make that decision. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, there's a number that's going to appear on the screen. If you've given your heart and life to Jesus today, we want you to text that decision into us. Send that to that number. Put your name on there. Give us your phone number so we can reach out to you. We want to help you know what it looks like to follow Jesus and to love Jesus. He is alive. Church, will you worship with us as we sing, How Great is Our God.
sharing the other day with Malachi about your death upon the cross. Malachi simply responded with, how could that be good? He said, that's not good. God, as we think about that cross, as we think about your crucifixion, and we call it good. Lord, we know it's only good because the tomb is empty. That our sins have been washed white as snow. That we have been declared to be right with a holy, righteous God. That we can be forgiven and saved. That you came to ransom us from our sins. And it is good. And it will forever be good because, Jesus, you will forever be alive. Your word says to us, it's a, a prayer that your people have prayed so many times throughout the years. It said, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Oh God, they prayed, the Lord bless you. And Ephesians tells us that every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ. Thank you, God, for every spiritual blessing that is in the heavens, that is awaiting for us, that is ours presently now. You are a great God. You are worthy of our praise. We magnify your name. We praise your name. We love you for who you are. And we just trust you, Lord. Continue to work, we pray. Continue to work through the rest of the service, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, what a, 
what a service. I mean, it's, it's different, but it's familiar all at the same time because Jesus is alive. Hey, church, I just want to mention a, a couple of things to you. First of all, about our, our summer camp. You should have received an email from me for, for our students. I also know that we are working on the children's camp as well, and you will get some information tomorrow. So I just wanted to let you know that. But the other thing is, we've said for, for a while now, the Northside Baptist Church is, is, is a family. It's not like family. It is family. And last week, man, uh, when I got to church on Monday and I saw the food that had been delivered, I, I, I was blown away. Wow. Um, we were able to serve about 15 families last week, and, and there were some others as well. And we'll be able to feed even more through bridging the gap. I just, I just want to encourage you that if you have the opportunity and to continue to give, Bridging the Gap continues to, to feed folks in our community. That's a great place for us to help. Um, man, I, I love Northside. And I love Jesus. <laughs> uh, and, and I think I love Northside because Northside loves Jesus. And of the, the hands and feet of Jesus in, in a community. And so I would just, just continue. I hope our church is known as a place that strives to let Jesus be known in our community. And church, I know that you love your church too. I know that because I, I asked you to send me some videos, and many of you did send some videos to me. And look, one of, the, one of the, the greatest burdens I've had in this past week is that I missed somebody. And I pray that you didn't send me a video and then I missed it. I, I pray that didn't happen. But uh, if it did, man, I will I, I'll go ahead and apologize and I will try to uh, fix that and, and solve that and, and have it. Um, because we're going to also post this on our Facebook page and our, our YouTube page for you to enjoy uh, for the th next week, months to come. But right now, I want you to be blessed by each other. And so sit back and, and just enjoy the greetings from your own church family. Hello, this is Debbie. Hello, this is Ellen. We're here wearing our Easter hats, so you can see we're having a little celebration for Easter. Thank God we can't stop Easter, so we all need to celebrate. We love you. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Bye. Happy Easter, Northside. Thanks so much to Aaron, BJ, Praise Team, and Trip for bringing church to our homes. Hope to see you soon. Happy Resurrection Day to everyone there at Northside. I miss y'all all so bad, and I hope to see y'all soon. I hope this is all over soon. I pray for y'all and our church, and I love you, and y'all have a good Easter. Great job preaching. Happy Easter. Morning, y'all. Just wanted to let you know how much we miss you and all of that. To wish everybody a happy Easter, and we're looking forward to being able to all be together again. Good morning, Northside. Hope everyone's doing well. We love you and we miss you and we can't wait till we can see you again soon. Good morning, Northside family. We miss you and we love you. Good morning, Northside from the Perkins family. We are doing great, but we miss everybody. Remember, he, he has, has risen. risen. Hi, Northside family. We miss you. I miss you. Kiss it. 
Hello, Northside. We've been through a lot together. We're going to get through this together. We love you, we miss you, and we'll be glad to see you soon. Hello, Northside's Baptist Church. I really miss singing with my friends and, and my teachers and my class and, and Miss Heather and Mr. Curtis. Hey, Northside, this is Dennis and Robin. We love y'all, we miss you, and hope you have a wonderful Easter. He is risen indeed. Bye-bye. From my peeps to yours, happy Easter, Northside. Hey, Northside family. Um, I love and miss you all so much. A special shout out to all my Sunday school kids. I miss getting your hugs and seeing your smiles each week. Um, hope that you are all doing well, and just pray that everyone has a very blessed Easter and enjoys the time with their family. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess, Christ our hope in life and death. Happy Resurrection Day from the McMichaels. We love you guys. Good morning, Northside, and happy Easter from the Cobbs. We love you, we miss you, and we can't wait to see everyone very soon. He is risen. He is risen indeed. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We miss you. We love Northside. We'll see you soon. Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well uh, during this time. Uh, being separated, I hope you have a, a happy Easter. But uh, I just love Northside for the relationships that we're able to build, uh, for the way you can get plugged in and uh, make a difference and, and contribute and uh, for the way our leaders um, stay true to the Word of God and really try to highlight uh, Scripture uh, in the messages. We love y'all. We love you. Uh, and we are looking forward to hopefully seeing all of you at the wedding in just another couple months. We miss our church family. Hope oh, yeah. to see you soon. I know we can't necessarily be together in the flesh at the moment, but we are together in spirit. I love Northside. Can't wait to be back with you guys. On this Easter morning, as we celebrate our risen Savior, I send love and hugs to everyone, especially to the children of the kids' choir. I miss y'all so much, and I can't wait until we can be together again. I love Northside because we're all one big family. Hi, Hi from the Hiltons. Hiltons. We miss you and we love you guys. We'll see you soon. We love you, Northside. I love Northside because it's like a second family to me and they care about all of the children there and they help build us in our faith. Hey church family, we love and miss y'all so much. Can't wait to be back together again soon. What do you got to say, Malachi? I love Northside! <laughs> we love and miss you all. Bye. Luke 24, 6 says, He is not here, he has risen. Happy Easter from the full noise. We love and miss you. Hey, hey Northside family. We love you. We sure are missing all of our peeps. Well, not all of them. Surely you have got to be kidding. I'm not kidding. And don't call me Shirley. Hello, Northside family. The Runyon's family says, we love and miss you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter. <laughs> Happy Easter from our family to yours. We hope everybody is staying safe and home and healthy. 
We can't wait till we can see everyone again, and hopefully this will all be over soon. Hey, Northside. We, we love you and miss you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace until we meet again. Then bursting forth in glorious day. Hey, hey Northside, we, we love you and miss you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And give you peace until we meet again. Hey, from the Hilton family, miss you and love you. I love you, Northside. We have a great church. All right, Perky, you're neat, going to need to stay louder, and you cannot have a snack. Hi, Northside family. While we're taking a break from those things that we love the most, we want to remind you to stay tough. Northside, Northside, stay tough! We, we love, love you. you. We sure are missing all our peeps. Well, not all of them. Surely you have got to be kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding and don't call me Shirley. We got set. Hello, this is Debbie. Hello, Sal. Church, that was the first time I got to see that video. That was awesome. Uh, thank you for the encouragement and for the laughs. Uh, man, we definitely, our family loves Northside. And uh, if you'd asked me four months ago if this is how I would have spent our first Easter as your pastor, I never would have believed it. Uh, we do miss you. Uh, we love you. Let me just give a special shout out uh, before we sing one more song together. A uh, special shout out to our praise team. Um, it hit me this morning on the way here that because of their being here, they couldn't be home with you, their family. And so I appreciate that very much. Special thank you to Tripp, who you don't get to see, but he's basically running the show back there in the sound booth, so we greatly appreciate him. Uh, again, a special thank you to Curtis and Ann uh, for their videos. Uh, we love you. We want to do one more song with you. The, this song is called, Oh Praise the Name, Anastasis. Anastasis is a Greek word for resurrection. And this song tells the story from Jesus' death to his resurrection to his second coming. And so would you please sing, worship with us, raise your hands. Let's praise the Lord together. I cast my mind. 
Happy Easter, everybody. May God bless you.